today on the show. This is historic. Fran, aka Fran Nerd, is back for round two. Friends, oh my goodness, I'm so stoked out of my mind to bring you this conversation. There are very few illustrators that inspire me as much as my friend Fran. Whenever we chat, I leave feeling super comforted. And uh, honestly, I feel like when you need motivation and pep, you might go to a creative pep talk. But when you need just someone to make you feel whole and worthy and seen, you go to Fran. Fran has a YouTube page that is wildly subscribed to, and it doesn't surprise me whatsoever because when I put one of these videos on, I'm just instantly mellowed out and I'm laughing and I'm excited to be making stuff again. And uh, if that weren't enough, Fran's comics and illustrations on Instagram are so freaking good. Like, Every, these illustrations are gorgeous, but the writing is on another level. Super funny, insightful looks into everyday life, and they just completely enrich my scrolling on a weekly basis. I'm very inspired by a an illustrator that writes on such a high level. It's something I aspire to do as well. So, yeah. I was in New York City last week and decided to catch up with my friend Fran, and I know this chat is going to brighten up your week. Fran and I have a very similar heart for our audiences, but I think we come at it from slightly different angles, and I think this is going to be a breath of fresh air. Quick note, there is some swearing in this episode if there are some ears of babes about, and uh, trigger warning, uh, Fran very graciously shares uh, in intimate detail, her struggles with a physically abusive father growing up. And, uh, yeah, I just want to give you a heads up on that. Okay. Without any further ado, here she is my friend, Franard. So we got our first factor meals and I am pumped to tell you about them. First off, we absolutely loved them. Delicious chef's kiss for the chef crafted dietitian approved meals that come straight to your door i can definitely see how when deadlines are out of control or you're in a super busy season how factor meals can lighten your load while still giving you options like veggie vegan in even low calorie get as much or as little as you need by choosing six to 18 meals per week Plus, you can even pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup. Head to factormeals.com slash peptalk50 and use code peptalk50 to get 50% off. That's code peptalk50 at factormeals.com slash peptalk50 to get 50% off. Okay, so we've already been talking for a long time. Yeah, I know, yeah. Uh, but I mean, I was there when we were talking. <laughs> but they weren't. That's, that's the point. No, they didn't know that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and But I do have a few things that I just wanted to pick your brain Address. on that I'm curious about. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one. Wait, can I say hello? Yeah, sorry. Hi, everybody. <laughs> no, we it, don't say hi in this no. show. You can't say hi to everybody. Address the audience. Ooh. What what is that called? The fourth wall? Yeah, don't break the fourth wall. I but I have to. Andy. Okay, that's fine. Oh, you have to. You say what your thing is. Uh, hi guys. Hi guys. Yeah. How are you? Uh, Andy and I are just like sitting down. Uh, we're in my studio right now. It's it's a very nice day, but it's getting hotter. 
Yeah. Didn't you find that? Yes. Can we talk about the weather for a second? Yeah, it gets sweaty. So it's it's cooler in the evening and during the morning, but then it gets insanely hot. So if I have like a sweaty mustache, I'm so sorry, Andy. I don't think you do, and I wouldn't have noticed that. But, <laughs> uh, but uh, how does that compare to past uh, weather situations? Yeah. Uh, so before New York, I was living in Hastings, uh, the UK, and then London. And basically, we didn't have any summer. I know now it's different because of the amazing climate change situation that we're going through. <laughs> they fix that. In, way, in which t in 10 more years, right, Andy? Yeah, we're, going, that, we're all going to be dead. Um, <laughs> but um, in Hastings, I think we had summer for like two weeks. Ooh. And the whole rest of the, quote, summer, it was just like a sweater situation. But you don't always even have a summer. In England. No, That's it was thing. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm very happy with the summer situation that we had in, in New York. It got crazy for a couple of weeks, I yeah. think, um, a couple of months ago. But it's it's nice. Uh, sorry about the mess, by the way. No. I already apologize, but yeah. I, um, I need to make obvious since now there's um, thousands of people, people in my, my studio <laughs> right now. <laughs> they can't see you, though. So. Yeah, but it's it's we have to acknowledge the, um, the chaos. It's a little bit messy, I would say. Um, Cute and my, messy? Mine is usually Crazy messier, man. but not by a lot. But I, I'm, my problem is I'm usually running from one thing to the next, so yeah. there's usually paint everywhere and then oh, you know, I love that. all that kind of stuff. Don't so. you find fascinating when you see pictures of other people's desks and stuff like that, especially artists? You're like, yeah. please show me more. I, I want to see your pencil drawer. And you're like, no, it's so messy, but no, you love it. I do love that, and I actually feel like I feel kind of annoyed that I came up through the design side, which I know you did too, yeah. in a way at least, uh, and that there's such a different animal to artists or illustrators. Yeah. And that, you know, all of my design friends, their studios are just pristine. Mm. And I always feel just like a mess of a person, mess <laughs> of my, everything's messy. And I, you know what I mean? So I don't want, I, I do feel like I don't mind it. But then I have my mm. designer friends come in and I think they're like, can you, what is you're this? making me uncomfortable with how messy everything is. Is this where you work? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, but I like it. It's good Thank energy you, to me. Um, okay. You were talking about, oh, I was going to ask you about okay. Hastings. Yeah. Because I don't know where, I know it's in England, but I don't know it's where. It's like the southeast, I guess. So like okay. south, uh, yeah, southeast coast of um, England. I forgot, the UK. So we were living in London for a year, and we realized we were in, God, London is amazing, but it's so damn expensive. Mm -hmm. And we, we kind of, um, realized that we weren't going to the town. We weren't like going downtown. You using London for No, its, at all. We were yeah. barely going out uh, from our area. So we were like, we might as well just like move to a cheapest, like a cheaper city. And Ed and I always wanted to live by the sea. And we uh, lit literally took Google Maps out. Uh -huh. And we we're like, okay, cities in the coast uh -huh. and we started by Brighton but Brighton is also super expensive yeah and then we were like oh look there's a quaint <laughs> small town uh, by the sea called Hastings and we took the train I think the day after that and we fell in love with it when we didn't we had no idea 
uh, about the artist community in Hastings, and uh, everybody was like, "Oh, you moved because of the artist community." And we were like, "What yeah. artist community?" <laughs> and yeah, so that's why. What kind why of art? Like what kind? Is lots it? of illustrators, actually. What? Yeah, uh, and um, musicians, writers. Uh, the cool thing about Hastings, I think, I feel like I'm selling you Hastings. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm gonna pack my bags. Have you ever considered um, buying a place in Hastings? <laughs> Do you have like a timeshare there? I have collections. Yeah, yeah, I have connections. Uh, the cool thing is that it's just an hour and a half away from London. So uh-huh. if you wanted to like go to meetings or museums or anything else, it was you basically took the train in the morning and then came come back. Yeah. Um, a lot of people actually commute. I think like commuting is a religion in the UK because there's so many people doing it all the time, yeah. either from Brighton to London or from outside London to inside London. Yeah. <laughs> That's on <laughs> here. Again, language. Yeah. Um, so I think it was a really, really nice decision because Hastings was sort of like a cocoon in the Mm -hmm. sense that it gave us the space to rent a place cheaper than usual and just like it was like a creative hut you know where you want to just like go to the woods and Mm -hmm. distance yourself from everything and just work on your stuff yep that was Hastings for us just like not worry about the bills and just like um have the space and freedom to do whatever you want yep that was Hastings for us okay how long were you there Two years. Okay. I still miss it a lot. Really? Yeah. Everybody's like, I bet you don't miss Hastings anymore because you're living in New, New York, York City. Yeah. And it's like, no, I still miss Hastings like crazy. Also, yeah. I'm so sorry for the noise. Oh, don't. It, it's dude, Brooklyn. It's so ambiance. I'm sorry, guys. It's so, yeah, it's so legit. <laughs> we're in Brooklyn. Um, we're not in Brooklyn. We're like in a basement in Milwaukee and we're just playing street sounds of Brooklyn in the background. Can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that would be amazing. I mean, I thought Andy was weird, but this is insane. Okay. I was going to ask you about, okay, Hastings, England. Uh, oh, I was going to ask you about London versus here, though, mm-hmm. which is more expensive. Oh, man. Um, I guess it, it depends. I think rent-wise, New York is more expensive. Uh-huh. But in cost of living, I think London is more expensive because you, here you can still get super cheap food and services. Yeah. But in London, it's, it's really, really hard to get. Um, or is the other way around? Yeah, it's harder to get uh, like quality food that it's not, you yeah. know? You yep. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, uh, but the, you're saying like your rent is higher here. Rent is higher here. Yeah. Or at least... Because in London, we were living near the, I love the, the area, the Tooting Broadway area. So uh-huh. it's like by the end of the Northern Line, just like across the river. Yeah. And um, so the area, the basically like any other city, this, the, the closer you are to downtown is more expensive. Sure. So even though we weren't closer, it was still insanely expensive. Mm. But I guess, um, I guess by the area, we still, like our flat had, Lots of rats. Yeah. And as a vegan, it was kind of like a <laughs> like a ethical struggle. Okay, like uh. so what what we should do right now? And Ed, it was he was very gentle with the rats, uh, but we also had like rat poop everywhere. Is this too yeah. TMI? No. I don't, I don't care. No. Okay, yeah, it's fine. This is uh, amazing. <laughs> So funny. <laughs> it's the same with flies right now. Uh-huh. Since it's super hot and there's trash everywhere, we have like an infestation of flies in our yeah. flats. 
And it's like, <laughs> I love animals, but I hate these bastards. Yeah. I want to just kill them uh, all. But <laughs> is this too weird to no. say? <laughs> Do you know how weird I am? Everybody knows. I've said way weirder, You're not stranger. That weird. Andy. You don't think so? I mean, I, I guess for the medium, I, I guess for most people, we are both super yeah. weird. But for me, you're not weird. Okay, good. Yeah. Well, I've, I've done... <laughs> weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> public, public weirdness. Yeah. yeah. Uh, public display of, of weirdness. weirdness. Yeah. yeah. I'm very... I'm a huge fan of it, actually. Yeah. But no, like in terms of like London and New York, I think I love New York the most because London to me seems... Seem too polish, like put together okay. Yeah. Uh, so people were super formal all the time. I guess that's the way how British... It's a more British thing. Yeah, yeah. And I love British humor and I love... I'm, I still miss England so much. Mm -hmm. But I think there's... I don't know if it's the vibe of New York that um, there's more people from everywhere in the world living mm -hmm. here in New York. Yeah. And there's th this kind of like DIY punk situation, punk in the sense that everybody's trying to figure it out and uh, what to do. And like, there's more artists. And um, I guess you could still be an artist and be freelancing and living in New York City. But in London, it was so hard to be an artist and living in mm. London at the mm -hmm. same time. Yeah. And I don't know if that, this is uh, because due to the culture or just like the living situation but i found it here that it's much more easier to get to know people and i don't know i guess you bond you bond over how difficult it is to thrive yeah. in both cities that sure. um i guess one one of um a friend of mine and she's been living in here in new york city for so long like 10 years she was just like Please, like, pay attention to how many people are crying on the subway. <laughs> and I had my fair share of tears on yeah. the subway yeah. because of how hard it is to be, like, sometimes life gets to you. Yeah. And um, she was just like, when you see someone cry on the subway, you know that person because you have been in that situation too. Uh -huh. And just, you, you understand why they're crying. And I guess that's, we're all, I, I've said this before to Ed, but I feel like in New York City, everybody's just like, it feels like a university campus in the sense that mm, everybody's mm -hmm. knowing each other everybody's doing like funny remarks on the subway or like talking to you and they don't want your phone number or to be friends they just yeah. are very social everybody's just like laughing with each other and then like oh it's my stop by and yeah. i love that like camaraderie i guess is the yeah. word like the community yep. of people living here if ed hadn't gone to school here would you have gone anyway? Yeah, eventually. Okay, yeah. Right. Because we wanted to find a city in, in, in which both we... The, the tricky thing about Hastings is that Ed wasn't working as a playwright. Ed is a play, playwright. And the, the theater community in Hastings is basically zero. Uh -huh. So um, I found that even though my I was sort of like thriving with the shop and with illustration and all of those things that I have done. Yeah. Um, the issue was that he wasn't working in Hastings. He was working, for example, for uh, Mexico or other cities, but not there. Yeah. So we're like, okay, we need to find a place where language is not an issue and when we, where we can both thrive creatively together. Yeah. So New York was always in the top of our minds, but we were so scared to... I hate this saying, but like pull the trigger uh -huh. because um, everybody's always like, 
New York is amazing and you're super lucky if you get the chance to live here, but it's so hard and because so many people want to be here and yeah, like true. so many people and the competitivity is insane. So uh, we were like, okay, let's find a way in with this scholarship at scholarship. But mm. if not, eventually we will love to live here. Yeah. It, it would have been trickier though. Right. Because the, sure. the cool thing about at situation and is the is that since he's doing a phd and There's he's an educator yeah it, and he's, he's in a, a fellowship we also have the health insurance thing and i guess oh, you guys yeah. in the us and me as a chilean we both have the worst health insurance in the world oh it's same in chile yeah yeah it's insane like we're both i guess as chileans and people from the us where if you get one like very lethal disease you're basically going yeah it's game over yeah yeah I mean, uh, yeah, I, something that's on my mind all the time. And honestly, long term, even though I'm not smart enough to do this, uh, or I don't have these kinds of uh, skills, mm -hmm. I do want to grow Creative Pep Talk into a thing in which we have impact on that because it's so important the, to me. In the decision making. Yeah, in the, in, and in the resources. Yeah. So I would love it to be, I'd love to invent something where uh, there's a, co-op of artists that can get group health care oh my rates. god you know it what sounds I mean? like heaven to yeah me. what has whatever success you have now what do you think are you in touch with what it costs you as a person I know that's a huge. Wow. I know it's a huge question. And I didn't, I was hopefully going to save it for later because <laughs> it's not a very positive question, but it's just one of those things where um, something that's on my mind a lot. Like I'm thinking a lot about um, what I sacrifice uh, in order to achieve or do my thing. I guess that's a tricky question, not because. I don't, I don't want to answer it, but because I have no idea how to answer it because mm. I haven't asked myself that question ever. Yeah. So I think it cost me in the sense that everything, I like to share everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, not everything, everything, yeah. not when I'm fighting with it or, yeah. I mean, we don't fight that often, but it's the difference between There's sharing certain, what it, what it's private and sharing what it's vulnerable. Yeah. I don't mind sharing what it's vulnerable. Very, very, very. <laughs> <laughs> the hardest word in the world. Vulnerable. Vor but it's like one of your things, too. I so, know, right? Yeah, um, you better just stand in front of a mirror and just say it. And just over and over. When, when it loses its meaning, yeah, ever. Right. Um, so the, the tricky thing, I guess, is when you're sharing so much of what you do or like what you want to share, everything becomes very public. And it's, it's like the, that double-edged sword in which when you're sharing what it hurts or what you're, you're ashamed of or embarrassed or what it's hard and when you're crying or when your business is failing in some way or um, I don't know, it's, uh, people tend to be judgy as well. Yeah. And, I, I, and that's what I mean when it's a double-edged sword that sometimes as you open up to people, you're also letting people in mm -hmm. and you can't filter who gets like who enters and who exits or yeah. like you can't say like, no, no, you no you. So I guess for us, when people are saying like, oh, but you 
I guess that's like the most easiest advice to say like, oh, but just don't care about what people <laughs> <Right>. think. <laughs> because in theory, <clears throat> in theory is exactly like that. Like, oh, sure. I just, I don't care. I, I shouldn't care. Just don't. But I care. Well, I mean, I've heard it. Uh, I've heard someone say, I don't know where this came from, but uh, not caring about what people think is literally the definition of a sociopath. Yeah. Like, you, we, I we don't care about, care. I don't care what anybody <laughs> thinks. I'll kill whoever I want. Like, yeah. that's what, they yeah. don't care. Like, caring about what people think mm. is a human quality that has a lot of we benefits. To, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, but there's problems with it too. Of course. Yeah. And as, as, as we share and as, as we are vulnerable and as we share what, what we do or what we feel, of course we have to care about what people think because so, otherwise it will be like a one-way uh, streak, like one-way street, I guess. That's yeah, the word. Right. Um, so naturally I care about what people feel and think and say about me. So I should I should be smarter in the sense that, oh, this is a constructive... constructive criticism yeah or this isn't but um it's harder for me because of course it affects me so i guess the idea of um sharing the mistakes and being open about people doing like oh fran you're so dumb ha 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 or like oh you're so weird that is something that it's hard for me or for anyone to do i guess uh but i wouldn't change it for anything yeah because i love this relationship that i have with what I share and how it affects people. And sometimes I feel, and I'm, I'm, I guess it also, I imagine that you feel exactly the same about not caring mm-hmm. or the anonymity of not having social media or, um, I don't know, I guess that's how sometimes I feel. You- some level of privacy or protection or but i love to do it yeah so it's 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 weird i mean you're making it that's part of it is like you know uh that part of what that question is about is you're obviously making these choices to you know like Mm. and so you're counting the cost you're aware of what it's costing you but it doesn't mean that it's not costing you it doesn't mean that there aren't things on that side of the equation Mm -hmm. that are real uh, and and the path that we both took, me with YouTube and Instagram, blah blah, blah and you with podcasting mm-hmm. and your your work you're doing, besides or like alongside the podcast. Yeah. Sometimes I second guess myself, and it, it is what we were talking before this episode. Yeah. But like, am I choosing? How am I spending my time wisely? Mm-hmm. Am I am I doing what I need to do? Because it's a very non-traditional way on how we're living art or like how we're <laughs> using creativity. Yeah. So I feel like, I mean, nowadays, I think there's more artists doing podcasts and there's more artists doing uh, YouTube as well as graphic novels and Instagram and stuff like that. Uh, but for a long time, since I am, I'm, I'm doing this, like we're both not doing a very traditional no. way yep. of uh, performing art. Um, I feel like I am sometimes second guessing myself on that or like I feel like I'm sacrificing time that I should be spending on working on landscapes because I hate and I'm so bad at (laughs) drawing landscapes. And sometimes I see people, of course, like I compare myself to other artists who are like freaking Da Vinci's Uh and like Cyril Pedrosa or um, 
other like super talented artists and I'm like, oh my God, they're, they have this whole entire body of work and they have such impressive portfolios. And I'm like, they don't have YouTube channels. They don't have podcasts. So they're spending each and every single minute they're awake. This is like in theory, obviously, mm -hmm. um, working on landscapes. And I'm like here filming myself on my in my studio. <laughs> so sometimes I feel like I'm sacrificing the, the traditional path that I should have been taking, I uh -huh. guess. Um, so that's why this is how sometimes I feel like... And I'm sure you feel, yeah, I'm, totally. fingers crossed, you're feeling to say. Yeah, <laughs> I do. I've been through massive seasons of that, although I'm not feeling as much like that now, which is kind of partially what I was telling you about at, uh, at the coffee shop, which is funny because I'm going to actively, we might circle back to that, but I yeah. also like the idea of any, there might be one person listening to this saying, what was he saying? Like, but, <laughs> but I'm just going to move on straight away. Um, but, <laughs> maybe we'll come well, back we to that. we were drinking. <laughs> <laughs> coffee. But, uh, the answer yeah, is always coffee. coffee. Yeah. The um, but uh, I think art is about taste in terms of uh, replicating uh, what art does for you, mm -hmm. and kind of doing it for other people, both just because you want to reciprocate and share it, but also because you want to put your spin on it. You want to be able to like. Like the only way I can explain it is like when you eat a dish, you eat some food. If you're a chef you're probably the better you get the less anybody's going to make food the way that you think it should be made to get the maximum advantage of your palate mm -hmm. so like if you if you're a filmmaker probably eventually you're going to almost no movies are doing what you feel like they should to get the maximum feeling that you're trying to accomplish yeah uh and so when it comes to medium, whatever, I'm very medium agnostic now in that I don't care if it's a podcast, I don't care if it's a drawing, I don't care if it's public speaking, whatever, I don't care what it is. I know what I want my work to taste like and that I know what I want them to feel. I know I want them to feel, pretty much can be summarized, mm. that really intense visceral feeling of saying, wanting to say yes to life. Like yeah. The whatever, whenever you hear a story and you're like, all right, I know life is hard, but it's worth it. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, you know what I mean? Like I'm ready to like fight for it and be, and I'm, and I love it. And I, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and I want to make work like that. Uh, and the reason I'm saying all this, I know I hate my questions take so long to say, say it, but the, but my question to you is, um, whether it's YouTube or Instagram or your books, what are, and I'm sure it's tied to vulnerability, but what are you wanting them to taste on an emotional level? What are you, what are you hoping for? Does that make sense as a question? Yeah, it makes it, it makes sense as a question, but okay. they're so You might have hard. not thought about it. No, before, I've never, I mean, I've thought about it in the sense that I think I'm stuck with vulnerability because I know how it makes me feel when I see it. And I know, and I think I already said it in the in the last podcast that we did together, but I feel like honestly, honesty is such a rare thing to see online mm -hmm. that when you see it, you know it. It's like a unicorn. It's so unique and rare and I crave it so much. So I know that it, this is going to be controversial, um, but then I um, say it. any <laughs> it is controversial. <laughs> it's <laughs> good. Um, 
So, you know Louis C.K., right? Yes. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about the guy anymore because of this whole like controversy, controversy. He, he had. Yeah. Uh, but he, th- he said something really wise many years ago. And he said that when he has no idea what to write, because he, he, was, he was being asked at, a, at an interview, I think, mm-hmm. like, how do you take uh, all of this material? How do you write all of this material? And he's like, I always dig deeper. Mm-hmm. Each and every single time. I sit on my chair, I always dig deeper. And that digging deeper is something that I try to apply to my work every single time I sit down. Um, and I do something for Instagram or I film a video and I feel like there's always something to pull from your insides, your intestines, mm-hmm. your everything, <laughs> your juices, <laughs> all of those things that you're yes. like, wow, yeah. I had no idea I had that inside. <laughs> but... um. It's hard because, so uh, it's it. Um, how can I say this? So I was asked by um, a newspaper to start um, doing comics, like one panel comics, and I was trying really hard to find myself in this like single one like panels. And I followed this. So I was watching you. You're you've been exploring it. It's and so they're really good. Thank I you. Love them. Thank you, baby. And it's I, hard. It's cool to watch. And I love that you are, uh, I love, uh, I think it's mostly a new artist kind of thing. Yeah. Of letting people go on the journey. Because I've told people, like, I think of myself partially as a writer, mm. but I also know that maybe I have some talent in that or whatever, but I'm also really bad at it too. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not in, I'm not really a writer. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I, but I've talked about it on the podcast and I've been nervous about mm-hmm. even like comedy is another thing where. I am very afraid to call anything. I'm I'm often attempting to be funny, but I don't want to say that. <laughs> I don't want anybody because I'm not that good at it yet. Do you but, know? We, but anyway, we I both want to be. But your we both want to be funny. Yeah. yeah, yeah, of course. And being funny is so hard because when you're around with friends and you're like slightly tipsy or drunk, it's yeah. like, oh my god, I'm so funny and I could do this for a living. <laughs> Just like give me a mic. Yeah. <laughs> but then when you're writing a joke for a one single panel, which is so freaking hard, and yes. you're trying to be yourself and vulnerable. And I'm, I'm like, why am I trying to say? Mm. It's so hard, Andy. I know. And what am I, apart from, for example, me and my hard and like strange relationship with my father, for example, mm. he was an alcoholic, and I talked about him for so long. So I'm like, should I be talking about this more than I what I, I already talked about or should I talk about like other things that made me uncomfortable or should I talk about like body hair or um, what it feels to be a woman nowadays and um, I feel like I'm struggling because should I talk about feminism or should I talk about this other thing uh, and I need to be honest with myself am I talking about this because it's a trend or and everybody else is mm-hmm. talking about it or do I genuinely want to talk about it is there any way I can talk about these other things yeah um, so I guess answering your question I guess vulnerability is something that I, I genuinely feel super, super passionate about. Mm-hmm. And I just want to make that connection with people. I want to make f- people feel better with themselves because I think I feel I've been so uh, tormented. Is that even a word? Yeah. Throughout my entire life about like feeling just like insecure or worried all the time about like silly things that I just want to lift 
a huge weight of people's shoulders. I guess that's the best answer I can give you right now. So good. I <laughs> There's a, literally, uh, there was like 18 threads that I wanted to pull at and I maybe we'll get to them or something. Like body hair? <laughs> like a whole head of hair <laughs> of threads that I could have pulled at. Uh, <laughs> but there is, but I here, I'll go to this first. Uh, one of my theories, because my big thing on creativity is about taste. That's where I think our best stuff comes from. Mm-hmm. And because it's about mm-hmm. the thing they, they want to do unto others as they want done to them. They want someone to go give them. Like when I did creative pep talk, yeah. it's because I need pep talks. It's not because I'm good at them. Oh, you're right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so one of the things that is one of the most powerful tools for an artist is their deepest sensitivity is their wound. So nothing's more sensitive than a wound. Yeah. Right? And so for me, it's really easy for me to want to say no to life. It doesn't take much for me to be like, like when I think about having to go to the dentist on uh, how, however often you're supposed to, mm-hmm. that makes me want to say no to life. Like I'm like, oh yeah, baby, I get how you. many? Yeah. I do you? It's not worth it. Do you floss, by the way? Sometimes. Yeah, I do. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> what makes you say that? Where does that come from? Because I started flossing I think like five years ago mm-hmm. and it changed my life Andy Why? I can't believe I, I went through for so long not doing it because basically brushing your teeth is like not brushing them at all right. like it's the not stuff doing you the get, real stuff yeah, yeah. the stuff I, I this I is see, just you telling me a hack of it's like how insane it's yeah, it's like another food, like another yeah. meal from my teeth. I know this is this TMI, is I'm sorry, but please flaw. Just like do it for, how long does it take to do like a habit, 21 days? Just like do it 21 days and then you will never go back, baby. I will hold your hand, just floss, this do is, it. Not, this episode's brought to you by flossing. <laughs> not, you, you don't, don't you do it, don't you do it? No, how do you say that? Don't do it every other day, do it every single day, baby. You do Doing, it every day? Yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I don't think I've ever met a uh, a a diehard flosser. Yeah, I don't. I I never thought I was going to be that person. Do you know Mitch Hedberg? No. Okay, he's passed away now, but he was a really hilarious comic, and he said a huge uh, flosser. He's he no, he's not a huge flosser, <laughs> but he had a joke that said uh, he thinks starting flossing is like trying to stop smoking. It's like the same. I've thing. done both, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I used me to too. Be- <gasps> Oh, you know high that? five. Boom. Oh, I like used smokers. to smoke so much. Me too. Like a huge, like a, I was like one a chain smoker. Today. Yeah, me yeah. too. And yep. God, I thought it looked so freaking How cool. How long? For like a good chunk of time because I started when I was seven. I mean, I... I seven? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> started when I was no, seven. No, no. I was like, man, chili is different than I try. <laughs> can you I'm imagine? I'm used to. I try my, my first cigarette. I smoked my first cigarette. When I was 15, I coughed my eyes out. Mm-hmm. And then I, I properly started when I was 18 until I was 26. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, a long time. Yeah. yeah. I, was, I was probably uh, a heavy smoker for five or six years. Yeah. Like, why do we do this to ourselves? Oh, I know why. I, because we were anxious? No, I just freaking love it. Yeah. It's one of the, I was telling you I love the ocean like I loved drugs. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it <laughs> like smoking. Like I love the ocean as oh, much as man. I like smoking. I haven't smoked since 2008. I haven't smoked since Zero. 2011. And I feel amazing. Yeah. And I, I mean, but Do I just want Do you crave it sometimes? Oh, yeah. I am just trying to be 
very like I don't want to be like a dare officer. That's yeah. like I don't. Do you know dare officers? They're like no. dr- drug drug off. They're like people <laughs> dare is like anti drugs, right? Like yeah. they come into your school and they yeah. tell you, right? But, floss and yeah, yes, yeah. You need to be a dare floss officer. Yeah, yeah. I go could into be schools that. and be like, you don't know what you're missing. Yeah, I don't know how many people are going to believe you on that, but um, but you did inspire me. I I'm I'm inspired to take it more seriously, more often. I don't know if I'll be a a daily flosser. I mean, once you see what you can pull out of your teeth, you're like, wow, I was going to sleep with that thing on. <laughs> it's That's like a canopy anyway. But no, smoking. Yeah. I did it because it was amazing. And it I was relaxing. It. Like, oh, yeah. W- you were holding something in your, your hands. That, so there's an activity while you were talking yeah. to someone. So and now you have you, we're, we're basically not holding anything. It's and that bro- makes you bro- feel super vulnerable. It's, we are, th- this episode is brought to you by flossing and smoking. Yeah. Because I'm selling it hard. Don't do it. No, no don't. don't do it. Because don't you will do always it. be an, but it is a amazing. former smoker. You will yeah. never be a non-smoker. No. 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 It's, it's, it's here for life. 100%. Yeah. I, yeah. I still think about it. I don't, th- I never think about doing it. I'm not going to do it. Mm. But I do think about it oh, really often. When I see somebody doing it, I'm like, I've said When it, it's cold. Especially yeah, when it's cold. It just looks yeah, you're like, oh, that's insane. Jack, How much yeah. better it is, like, a conversation with cigarettes. Yeah. So, it's, yeah, anyway. We don't have to but don't. Any further. No, don't. <laughs> don't do it. It is it is the worst. And, and quitting was horrifying. Mm-hmm. I hated it. And it was really, it's it took hard. me a million times. Hated it. don't know how we got on that. It's okay. You, uh, I love it. What were we talking about before we started talking about flossing? The ocean. Oh, no. Your drugs. Drugs. <laughs> you like it like the ocean. I do, but wait, before you started saying, <laughs> do you floss, which <laughs> makes me think, did I look like I don't floss? I don't no. know. Okay. Well, no. That's good. I don't I pay don't attention to teeth. I, good. Anyway. Yeah. That's very affirming. But my thing is Do my you teeth feel nervous? Fine. What Do you feel nervous when people look at your mouth while you're talking? Uh... And not I'm make more any nervous by just general things that they do while I'm talking. Like, like you know, if they like fix their hair or they like do something with their nose or whatever it is, I'm thinking, what are they telling me? They're giving me secret. Oh my god, it happens to me as and well. And I hate it. Yeah. And I get very distracted and tell yeah. them, like, do I have something in my head? Yeah. No, but oh, that's I what you were I think. Yeah. Because <laughs> now you're nervous about <laughs> no. like, wait, now you got me thinking about it. <laughs> you're clean. All right, thank you're you. You're clean. <laughs> Yeah, it's good to just check in sometimes. Um, the uh, <laughs> uh, okay, I think okay, I think before you asked me if, if I floss, you were we were talking about oh, we we're talking about wounds. Yes. I was talking about how oh wow, I I'm believe so happy your you sensitivity uh, is where is your is one of the best places to look for your taste. Mm-hmm. So. Um, because it's like you need it sati- satiated or uh, you need it um, tended to. like, and, uh, and you can speak to that because it's such a depth to your understanding of a thing. Yeah. Right? And so for me, uh, my two or one is that yes thing because it's so easy for me to say no. Um, but it sounds like that's a, totally true about you, mm-hmm. which is um, there's a, probably a connection, whatever the opposite of... 
vulnerable, what vulnerability gets you in terms of being affirmed. Mm -hmm. uh, there's an opposite of like a self-esteem thing that was an early thing. Yeah. By the way, if I was listening to this podcast and you said that your father was an alcoholic and you talked about it a bunch, uh, I would want me to say, and tell us more about that. So I'm going to just go back <laughs> and do that. I, I, and actually, because I haven't followed you the whole time, okay. I only get bits and pieces of your work. So I don't know anything about that. I've never heard that. Did mm -hmm. you, you've talked about it in your work before? Yeah, just like a couple of times. And I, I think I overshare so much. I'm not asking um, you to say anything my that you don't want to say. Oh, no, baby. And, I can talk okay. this. All right. I have no filter with you. I'm like, and, and, I'm, and everybody knows I talk I'm very explicit about my mom. Yeah, I know. <clears throat> so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we both have very, can I say, the, can I use the, at least on my end, very dysfunctional yeah. parents. Yep. So. Um, my dad is not. But my, oh, thank God. And my, and they said my mom is not. But yeah. So, yeah. But anyway. Uh, so how, why, um, I was just like thinking when or how, how do I start? So I grew up in a very, the word my therapist used was, um, when you can't predict, like a very unpredictable, unpredictable, unpredictable yeah. household in mm -hmm. the sense that my dad was basically drunk all the time and I was really afraid of him mm. because I knew from early age that being drunk is someone that is not in the fully sense of like mental capacity or like they're in physical. animal mode, yeah, really, they're, yeah. yeah so I'm like I don't want to be alone with this man but the thing is that I was alone a lot yeah. because my mom used to travel a lot and and whatnot so what did she my, do did tra why my, did she my mom used to be a nurse but she just retired and okay. she actually was doing like lots of work uh, for TV shows, just like uh, making sure that people, <laughs> this is like super random, but my mom used to work at um, like a, a prevention for uh, burning um, accidents specifically targeted to kids. So if they were using or like playing with uh, one of these like fireworks, she did like a whole national campaign in order to stop f people from playing with firecrackers or stuff like that <laughs> so it was horrible because for one what year in, in that's very in that very small city where i used to where i, I grew up we had no fire but like no any fireworks no fireworks whatsoever mom. because my mom <laughs> prohibited the that whole thing amazing. so everybody was Did so upset like hate no, you thank for it god no one oh. knew oh. Oh. Um, oh they didn't know no that, no thank god imagine if they i mean did. i love you mom but that yeah yeah. That would be just amazing if, yeah. like, <laughs> next year round, the, everyone's used to, like, on this occasion, everyone's going crazy. Yeah. Fireworks is so fun. All the kids are loving it. And yeah. then it's because Fran. It was, it was because of my mom, mom. ruined it. Yeah, Rosario. Yeah. No, just, like, stop. Anyway. Oh, my gosh. Um, That's amazing. So my She's, mom, like, a risk assessment type person. Like, a, or yeah. like, very sensitive to risk. Like, she's, like... That's what it sounded like you were saying. Yeah, like, so yeah. my mom was basically doing like interviews everywhere in order to stop this from happening because she was actually healing the people, like wounds of kids mm -hmm. because of these accidents. Anyway, so I was alone with my dad a lot hmm. and my dad was like super violent. Hmm. Andy. like um, he grew up in a very, also in a very horrible, he had a very horrible upbringing. Mm -hmm. So I think his only way of like showing love and support was with violence. Man. And Holy that was crap. just like, I was insane. And like that was. Like connection. 
Is yeah. that what it is? Like some kind of like, yeah. Yeah. Like I'm going to show you I love you by hitting, like uh, punch you in the face and stuff like that. My Lord. So um, my mom was actually the only safe thing I had back then. And um, Man, everybody. I did not know that. And that, I'm sorry for interrupting you. No, it's, it's okay. Just, I didn't know that. And anyway, I'll keep going. I want to say something else about it, but yeah. Yeah. He was like super uh, abusive physically. Mm-hmm. And um, everybody was like, always asking me like oh i bet you're an artist because your dad even though he he's an architect Mm -hmm. he painted a lot with watercolors and stuff so everybody was like oh i bet you're an artist because your dad and i'm like no i'm I'm an artist because my mom used to um we weren't poor in the sense that we weren't living in the street we had a roof uh, thank god under like over our over our heads heads. thank you uh (laughs) but we we basically had like no money for uh, medicine or like clothes or anything we had no luxuries whatsoever but the little money my mom had she used to like buy paper and like um art supplies for us so i grew up making my own toys like paper toy uh, dolls and uh my own like uh collectible cards and <laughs> I had my own uh, drawing club with credentials and like IDs. It was like super um, DIY. Yeah, that's um, awesome. And I think growing up with my dad was super, super hard because even until right now, Andy, in this right second, I still can't f- um, forgive him, mm-hmm. I guess is the word, because yeah. he was such an asshole to mm-hmm. us. And um, I, I guess that was something like really nice when I went to therapy that my therapist told me that is something like fascinating about life that not because he had this upbringing uh, difficult and whatnot and he didn't knew didn't know any better what you're feeling right now is not true. They can both both of these worlds in right. which yeah, yeah, yeah. you felt what you, you felt were a victim and, and he, he was a victim and he was a victim. But it's not doesn't excuse yeah, or change you're that. trying yeah. not to be dismissive on yourself yep. so i'm um, now i'm trying not to be dismissive i'm really good at being dismissive on mm-hmm. myself sort of like this is not the proper time to cry this is not the proper uh moment to do this and that maybe later and blah blah mm. so i guess it's super hard to come to terms of like or make peace with the idea that my dad is never going to apologize and he and I don't know if I will able, if I will ever be able to talk to him about all of this. Mm. So, in the in the on the other hand, I guess I am the person who I am because of this. I am not yeah. saying like oh, I'm so grateful I went through that because <laughs> <Yeah>. I am not. <laughs> no. But um, I guess I have more sensitivity towards other things. I don't know. I guess it's the same with you. Yeah. Like since we have this very particular ways in which we grew up and we and we dealt with very dysfunctional parents that we have a different approach to life or like how we work on things yeah that wound is a thing that i don't think it i think i think the way of the way i think about it is it is they are redeemable things but Mm. they're not excusable you know yeah and i think um there's again a bunch of things that I wanted to say, uh, that I want to think about with that. First thing is, did you, I'm sure you have, thought about how ironic it was that your mom was out there trying to protect kids? Yeah. You've thought about that before? No. Oh, it's just very striking. Ironic. Yeah. Yeah. 
how, yeah, how can that be so? I'm sure, I'm sure that I'm not your therapist. No, I no, don't but know, she but was also like a victim of true, right? Because he was, even though he was never physical uh, violent towards her, he was like super verbally mm-hmm. abusive. And I remember he hated when she hugged us because he mm. said that she was spoiling us. Oh my God. It's, it's insane, Andy. Oh my God. I can't believe they, sometimes I'm like, I can't believe they decided to have kids. Like mm-hmm. my mom, yes, but my dad was like, why, what why was he thinking? Yeah. You know? Have you ever like made amends? With- yeah, I'm, I think so. I, 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 uh, I will speak to that really quick, but then I, I have the thread that I was going to run with. Uh, I kind of, but I think it's funny because, you know, um, uh, there's so many layers to that. Like, mm-hmm. what does that even mean? You know what I mean? Like, what, 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 you know, like, for instance, like, there were times in my teenage years where yeah. I told her I forgave her. Uh, but then, you know, by the time I had kids, uh, when I had kids, you can understand someone. Well, I was like, "What are you yeah. doing?" Yeah. Well, I, I, we, when we first had uh, my my oldest, uh, and we were right out of college, and we were not prepared, and I had a uh, a job in which I had to get um, to a bus and two trains, commute two hours to get to this job. Uh, and work all day and come home and she was like a colicky baby screaming through the night so mm-hmm. I had no sleep and it's just one of the shittiest moments of my life like mm-hmm. really hard so freaking hard and not one time did my brain ever wonder to maybe I could get on that train and not come back yeah. never 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 yeah. in a million years I would literally and this is not a, for, a figure of speech I've thought about it I've been in situations where my imagination <laughs> runs wild and I thought <laughs> I would easily sacrifice my life yeah. for my kids and I don't think that's special yeah. I think that's a normal thing and so if you don't have that uh, yeah you probably shouldn't have kids you're on the you're literally on the other side yeah yeah. so you have so that's one of the things you don't always know if you're gonna be a good a parent, parent. Yeah. yeah before you make that decision um, but I think it's super logical for you to Reevaluate how you felt about your mom w- once being a parent sure. because my my brother felt like went through exactly the same situation and I asked him actually are you over this did you can you forgive our dad for this and he's like I don't think I will ever be able to because now I am a parent and I will I will never do that to my daughter but I think you learn how to live with this. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I will ever be over this, no, no. matter how much therapy no. I go through. Oh, no. That, yeah. I think I'm over uh, being, taking it personal from her. Mm. Like, I don't think she had, I think that I understand, like you've said about your dad, I understand why she is the way that she is and why she became the person that made those choices. Mm-hmm. I get that. So it's not personal. But what she did to me as a kid in terms of how it changed me will never disappear. For me, I think one of the things that I do because of that wound is I uh, am very nurturing because I, I wasn't nurtured, right? So I'm going out there and giving what I wish that I had. And do you, what, do you feel that's the same? I feel exactly the same, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I can see it in your face. Yeah. Uh, what do you? So you feel that way? Even that's what you. Um, that's why you're making art. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like if people 
Can you imagine if everybody was talking, like talk more openly about this kind of things mm. with everybody? I yeah. mean, I'm, I'm not saying like, just like start word vomiting to the person who's sitting down next to you on the bus, but um, we'll be so much better. We'll be so much better. And mm. I wish I grew up with just like people being more open about, and, and not none other like, not only dysfunctional parenting, but also uh, also just like, and I think this is why I'm so grateful right now that they're so uh, varied in the sense of like, even like underwear modeling and mm-hmm. um, how advertising is changing and how you see so much variety right now. I yeah. wish I had that one when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. This is the same with what we do right now. And with illustration, like I wish people were more open when I was younger, and I'm so grateful that now people are sharing this um, with others. Mm-hmm. So when I started listening to your podcast, I'm like, and I reached that episode when yeah. you started talking about your mom. I'm like, thank the Lord. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's Because amazing. that is where it hit me. Mm-hmm. And every time someone approaches me, and I'm sure it happens to you the same, it's like, it's always with that content. It's always with... I am so happy you talked about this because I was suffering from the same thing. Yeah. I'm so happy you talked about this or like the way how you talk about this and this. And with this, I'm not saying like every single artist should talk about, um, I don't know, dysfunctional parenting or like whatever. Yeah. I think each and every single one of us has a different way of approaching life and experiencing life. Uh, But if you can share it, it's insane. Like Mm. the connection you get with people, it's insane. So, um, and it's always with the same um content so i'm i'm so happy we did it yeah um even despite the fact that we're we're we picked such non traditional ways to approach illustration when we started yeah and uh but that's an interesting thing about that question of what it costs you and that's what you're saying i'm so grateful uh when an artist does that and part of my feeling is I am so grateful because it does cost them something. It is, it's costing them something mm. by sharing all that. It's costing an, costing anonymity and all kinds of things, right? Yeah. Um, do you have any other? Do you have? Do you have any other things you want to talk about that you? Even yeah. if you just want to, I mean, obviously, I'm going to promote your shop. Thank you. Yes. So. Um, is that what you were going to say? Sort of. But when you have to align yourself to what you believe. Mm-hmm. So I'm so happy that we're going to talk about my shop, but not not because I want people to buy stuff from my shop, but mm-hmm. because that was actually like a huge decision for me. Um, so I have been trying to do some research about like ethical stuff and like where things come from. Mm-hmm. And like there's always someone who is going to pay the price, even though... If you're not paying it, someone is paying it. Yeah. And I think that was something like super tough, Andy, because I had to compromise so much of what I was doing already Mm. in the sense of like, for example, uh, not buying, for example, um, recycle envelopes or non-compostable plastic bags and stuff like that. And I don't know if you remember about that starving polar bear picture that was around it It shocked me so much Mm -hmm. and i 
I don't think I was crying, but I was sad for a long time, and I was so angry. I guess now nowadays everybody's super angry at yeah. ourselves about yeah. how the climate change is doing to not everybody, not everybody, but but yeah, a, a lot you of people. You live in well. You've never been to <laughs> the countryside in Ohio, yeah. so you don't know. Oh, okay, but there you go. But um, I hate to. That's a depressing thing to say, but it's true. So anyway. oh man. but it was it was something that you know when when you're about to make or like take a decision make a decision that you know it's going to change everything and you're so scared because it will it's not going to define you but people are going to put you under that standard forever Mm -hmm. so i've always wanted to do t-shirts for example always 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 but um i felt super weird out about how fast fashion and fashion affects the environment. Mm-hmm. I've never been a fashionable human being. I've always feel super clumsy around <laughs> clothes. I don't know why. Uh, I always admire people who have that sense of um, style and they could pull out insane outfits and stuff like that. Um, but I, I, I have, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of people have that weird feeling about fast fashion in the sense that it's so convenient for so long. The only thing I could buy was um like cheap clothes mm-hmm. uh not so good quality but like cheap clothes i've been that person my entire life uh but now i feel like i had to step back because i know how fashion and other industries as well are damaging the yeah. environment yeah. so i decided to start buying secondhand t-shirts and screen print them and it's been a crazy journey because you never know how people are going to react with those ideas and I know now nowadays lo- lots of people are thrifting stuff and mm-hmm. like uh, shopping secondhand, but you never know. Like, do you feel like sometimes the way you phrase things are so delicate in the sense that if you use a like a very like a slight word that it's not working properly, people are going to misunderstand what you're saying. Yeah. And since I'm not a huge communicator verbally. I don't feel so eloquent enough. Like you, for example, I feel like I admire you so much, Andy, because the way how, like the metaphors you use and like the the way how you phrase stuff is like, oh my God, I've never thought about that before. Like, and you know much, so much about the industry. That's funny, but yeah, so thanks. That's I'm nice, like, but I wish I had that skill. I, I think wish the way I, was... I talk is really, anyway, just... <laughs> No, I wish I had I had your skill. Thanks. So when I was presenting (laughs) or like sharing this idea with people, I was really nervous about that. Mm -hmm. So I think that so many people were asking me like we saw that you were so shocked about this thing with the polar bear because I I remember making a comment or like a remark about it on social media. What are you doing about it? Yeah. And um I think it's so it's so important that we take a stance sometimes on things, even mm-hmm. though it's not the popular thing to do or you're the only person saying it. Yeah. I am I don't consider myself a brave person. I I always take the the um the way that the, the route that makes me feel comfortable, mm-hmm. and I am really bad at trying new things. Mm-hmm. So now I think I am committing more to 
try the special meal on the menu because I've never tried it before. Or like the like weird pineapple-y thing that you see every once yeah. in a while. And you're like, hmm, that's super weird. Okay, I'm going to try it out. <laughs> uh, or um, I'm trying to be brave. That's what I'm trying to say. And it's yeah. hard. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to be brave. No. I just want to be comfy yeah. all the time. But um, that's something that I, I've been trying on and uh, trying to align what I do with my... I don't know if the word is values, but what I believe Believe and um, it's hard. And what you care about. Yeah. Yeah. I want someone to hold my hand and I feel like I'm doing this on my own. Mm -hmm. But I feel like you have to start somewhere. And sometimes, like most of the times, you have to do it by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I want to get back to that with your shop, but I think that's a thing about being an artist and be like we talked about, which everyone's heard me say a million times about the idea of, um, it doesn't, you don't start like, okay, I've said this before. Someone <laughs> told me that this was a spoiler. It's not a spoiler. What? It's about, did you see enter the spider verse? Yeah, of course. Okay. Amazing. I mean, who hasn't right? It's so good. I know. If you think, if you're really afraid, you've been holding off on watching this movie <laughs> a, just, a year and a half later, just whatever. Just do it. it like, it's fear, on Netflix, though. So. Exactly. Yeah. Get on with it. Shut off the podcast. But guess what? This is just, a, it's just the, uh, the theme of the movie. Mm-hmm. It doesn't give anything away. It's just a theme. Whoever you were on Instagram. <laughs> it's probably on the title, Being a right? nasty person <laughs> to me. Nasty. I don't get many of those, but he was being a jerk. And swearing at me. Anyway, for spoiling it. I was like, anyway, what the point of the movie is, the theme is, uh, you know, you can't keep waiting for uh, S- Spider-Man to show up and save you. You are Spider-Man. You're yeah. the Spider-Man of your story. I mean, right? dude, that was in the first it's in the 15 trailer. minutes. Yeah. It, yeah. Oh, Cut it out. Uh, okay. You know, yeah, I know. Um, but, <laughs> but that idea that um, exactly what you're describing of... Um, when you are stepping out into your journey and what's yours to do, you are alone. You have to be your own you have spider to be, man. Yes, you have to do it by yourself. No yeah. one else. And it's that thing of like only Frodo can carry the ring. He's the only one. Yeah, and that's his burden to do. So, but it doesn't make it easier. You, you, ver- you. When you do that, you do feel extremely vulnerable. There's a oh, lot. Oh yeah. Of, yeah. And so, what? How? Uh, just relate that back because I understand what you're saying about the, how that relates to your shop. But just explain how that um, impacted everything that you've done with the new shop. So uh, instead of buying new T-shirts yeah. or like uh, screen print them, I don't know if the word is massively anymore because I, I know you can do it on demand nowadays, sure. and there's so many websites that allow you to do it. I am basically giving secondhand t-shirts a second chance. Yeah. It takes like 40 years to decompose a t-shirt. Mm. And um, that's awesome. Like, I love it. I, I've read like horrible um, numbers that each American um, <laughs> take. Like, <laughs> I love that accent. <laughs> so funny. Don't talk uh, about my people like that, Brian. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. Just kidding. Um, 80, uh, it was 80 tons of uh clothes to the garbage every yeah. single year yeah, so yeah. it's insane like the average american so that's that's a lot to consider uh we're both probably not in that um sure. um number of people mm-hmm. but 
anyway, this, the, the thing is that I was so shocked by the numbers and I think everybody is looking at the numbers and just like, even like feeling the weather right now, you're like, everything is changing. I need to, I know I'm not saving the world, Andy. Yeah. I'm not. Like my contribution is the smallest thing ever. I'm probably uh, recycling every month 150 t-shirts which is still a lot, but it's yeah. not fixing the situation in no. any way. But if but it's but a everybody, small it's all about everybody doing the part. That's yeah. literally the only thing that you're responsible for. And, yeah, and you're probably doing more than your part by taking some of these risks. So that's yeah, good. So um, that's exactly what I'm doing. Basically, yeah. all of the stationery that I'm doing is 100% recycled. Uh, they're printed locally. Um, so I know exactly how it's being printed, by whom, and everybody in the chain of process is being paid fairly. Uh, my bags are compostable, mm -hmm. so you can actually take the plastic bag and put it on your compost. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I'm trying to do now. Plus, I realized that there weren't that many ethical brands that had cute t-shirts or like weird t-shirts. So mm -hmm. I'm like, I might as well just like start this right away yep um that's that's what i'm doing right now that's and it amazing. feels amazing but it also feels overwhelming and vulnerable because i know right now it's so cool that people are listening to your podcast and watching my videos or like following us because mm -hmm. in some way i think uh, we can share our lifestyle and people can say like oh you know what that's actually super cool yeah. i'm going to try to be more conscious or like how I consume or like paying more attention where stuff comes from. And if we're doing that already, mm -hmm. I am super happy. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. The other thing it makes me think of is... Um, and flossing, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> do not smoke. <laughs> um, it's amazing, but don't do it. Um, <laughs> see, I think Says that would have been more, I think, yeah, I know. That would be amazing, a, a better sell to me i feel like as a kid of not smoking was one of the and they do this all the time with drugs like drugs are bad and they're you're, they're terrible and then i would take drugs and be like these are the best these are the best what are you lying for yeah um so it wasn't honest <laughs> but i'm being honest smoking's amazing and don't do it it's the worst but um the thing i find really interesting about that as you're saying all that stuff mm -hmm. um okay uh so one of the, like I've told you, it's not, doesn't take much to tip me over to the scale to be, say no to life. Like it's easy for me and it's because I'm sensitive. It could be because I'm uh, broken from being, a, from my childhood. There's a bunch of reasons why, right? And you talking about the polar bear and all this stuff and it's making me think even that is brave and also a product of, it's brave to allow yourself to be, um, aware of the truth of the of problems mm -hmm. um both it's brave to do that and it's also a pro i'm guessing a product of um you know the classic metaphor of the put your own oxygen mask on first kind yeah. of thing it's probably also a product of you feeling like at least on some level that you can allow some of the world's problems into your world because you are in a good place. Mm -hmm. I can't handle very much news. I can't handle, and I'm not saying, there I don't put my, I don't, I'm not someone who just completely ignores it and I'm not just pretending like everything's okay all the time. 
I want to get, um, you know, I've, I'm planning on going to therapy. I want to get stronger so that I can live more within the truth of reality and mm-hmm. contribute more in those ways. Um, and so to me, that's what I was hearing as you're saying all that. I was like, you know, you've done a bunch of self-work and you're probably in a pretty good place compared to all the rest of the times in your life. And that's probably a big part of why you feel um, you've mustered enough uh, bravery in this moment because of all that yeah. to take it on. Is that, do you think that's true? Yeah, it's super yeah. accurate. Yeah. And it's really inspiring. It's Thank awesome. You. It's great encouragement for everybody to, yeah, work, do the self work and the inner work and all that stuff. Um, so good job. Yeah. <laughs> I thought of the what was what's the most ridiculous way to end that sentence? Um, Floss. Yeah, and uh, flossing. Yeah. And, I mean, that's probably most of it. You're so your teeth health is so off the charts that you're ready to take on. It's part climate of self care, baby. That's yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna take care of myself and my teeth. But it is. That, no joke, yeah. Andy. I mean, I know we already talked about. I floss, love this. Your face but the when last you said time, no joke. You were like. <laughs> And I wish you weren't joking so much about it because I don't want to send the wrong message because I am deeply serious about this. Okay. I went to a dentist a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. I should have... When was the last time I went to a dentist? Anyway. I'm terrible. Like, I went to a dentist. We, I am yeah. really bad We're, we're both in the anyway. same boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, teeth neglect them. Anyway, mm-hmm. so I went to a dentist um, probably two years into flossing and the dentist was like, "Oh my God, you have nothing. I mean, there's no cavities. I don't, I don't actually have to clean your teeth." And I'm like, "It's flossing, baby." And he's like, "This is insane, because dentists tell us all the time to floss, and mm. they never, like, no one does." So he couldn't believe actually someone actually listened. So I'm like, "Okay, thank you, bye." And that was it. Oh so my gosh. yeah, just do it. <laughs> Just floss. Have you ever made, dude, the, I love the soapbox that you have about flossing. We've gone back to flossing <laughs> like three or four times. I had no and idea what's so the person. Amazing. <laughs> have you ever, have you done any art on it? No. You need to. You know what I think about? I always talk to people like, whatever your art is, that's like your superpower mm-hmm. in terms of, like I had a, I had a guy, I've told this story before, but just so you know. Uh, I I had a person I was working with, like I was coaching him, and he, uh, I was trying to get to his like truth, like what are things that he wants to, like I was saying, look, illustration, the idea of it is that it it's more powerful than just plain words. Mm-hmm. Like you can do a bunch of things, you can connect on a deeper level, you can get people's attention. There's all kind, yeah, you know, um, and then he we couldn't get it, and then right before we hung up the phone, he's like, and we got somewhere, it was it wasn't a nice. waste, but. <laughs> We got to the end of the conversation. He was like, before you go, I got to tell you about this. I've got to tell you about this certain type of meditation. Oh, okay. Because it's changed my life and I'm just on a, I'm an evangelist for it. And I stop every person I talk to and I just, I sit them down and I tell them about this. Just like you are with flossing with me. Okay. And I'm like, why don't you tell that story with illustration that you're so, he was so passionate. Passion, yeah. and, he was, and, and I know every person in his life is probably like, Please quit telling me that. I don't want to. But but the way it's made you feel, you could illuminate that with your work mm-hmm. better than you could with these plain words. Yeah. And I, 
anyway, it's a really stupid example for why why I'm telling you you should do a flossing. But it's so nice that, that something resonated with him. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. I love that, and that's what I mean. But that's yeah, that that thing that means so much to you, like that is anyway. Yeah, yeah, but you, you should. Have you done a public service announcement on your YouTube? No, I should though, See? because apparently I just found out I'm a very huge activist. You are. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> so I've never seen anybody more serious about flossing. Not even my dentist cares about flossing like you, you should, do. baby. All right, it changes your start. life. Okay. Again, last time you were you telling see, me about journaling. Yeah, journaling you is were, amazing. Your, I'm still a huge activist of journaling. You know have what? I you? don't have. I I did. I I feel like <laughs> I'm at my the journal dentist who's saying, "And have you been journaling? Have you been journaling? No, Andy. I can see you haven't." <laughs> Your face is telling me everything. <laughs> I have it because, um, and here's my problem, is I don't have any time. So one of the things, and I know, no, I'm not saying, I know uh, Debbie Millman says busy is a choice. It is you my choice. You have to make the time. It's my yeah. choice to be this busy. Mm-hmm. I'm just too busy. I'm just like, I'm choosing to do too many things. But the I don't thing is, need like, to do all these things. The cool thing about journaling is that you become really self-aware of yourself, mm-hmm. and I think you're already doing that with the podcast. That's true. So it's fine. That is true, and I do do that. But I, but I do want to write more. I want to consume more. Uh, like I want to read more. I want to do. There's a bunch of things that I think I'm out of balance because of how much stuff that I want to make and mm-hmm. do. Um, but anyway. I think we'll leave it there. Okay. Thank Can I say you. goodbye? Yes, please Bye, do. Andy. It, this is insane because we're going to I keep know. talking. But yeah. let's pretend we're saying goodbye. Okay. Thank you so much for coming to my studio. Absolutely. Again, guys, sorry about the mess um, and the noise. But um, my plants are really happy that you, everybody, everybody's here. Oh, yeah. So thank you so much for are coming. Are you good, at, good with your plants? Yeah, I'm good with my plants. I, I discovered recently the... What is the word? Fertilizing? Ferti- mm-hmm. Fertilizer. Fertilizer. Yeah. And it's amazing. I can't believe it took me For so long plants? to... For Yes. You water your plants once that. a month and it's insane. Like your podcast is a f- fertilizer, nice, basically. Nice. So people are okay without it, but with you, Andy, it's like, That's yes. <laughs> you, you just called me fertilizer, yeah. which also <laughs> is kind of an insult. But is it an insult, though? Oh, no. But... Did, uh, because your well, fertilizer <gasps> is shit. It's basically shit. Yeah. Um, so. But I didn't know that, that you did that anyway. way. But I, <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't know that you did that. I didn't know to do that with. It's basically n- nutrients. Uh-huh. It comes in the liquid form. Okay. And it's blue. Okay. You're not blue. But I'm. I'm gonna tell my wife she loves her plants and she does a good job. But we do lose one from every once in a while. Yeah, which I'm sure. Like we normal, all do. But yeah. But part I'm of life. Concerned. The sun comes live. And I'm so glad that we had Fran back on the show. Fran, thanks for spending all that time with me chatting. It was so fantastic. You are like my Chilean sister in the pep arena. Um, yeah, I'm just so glad we got to hang out again and, and chat and catch up. Go check out her new web shop at wearenicehumans.com. Uh, 
really great t-shirts on there. She has a planner on there that is freaking fantastic. I uh, uh, got to take one home and uh, was just delighted by all the little prompts and stuff in there. And also a bunch of really fantastic stickers. Go check it out. Tons of great stuff. WeAreNiceHumans.com. Thanks again, Fran. Speak soon, friend. And also you can check her out on uh, YouTube and Instagram. Just search Fran Nerd, F-R-A-N-N-E-R-D. You'll find her in those places. Thank you for listening to the show. Thanks. We're going to have some, I got some good stuff planned in the works in the next couple weeks. Uh, some, some very exciting things. So stay tuned. Thanks to Yoni Wolf and the band Y for our theme music. Thanks to Alex Sugg for our soundtrack. Thanks to Chris Graham of Chris Graham Mastering and the Six Figure Home Studio Podcast for audio assistance. Thanks to uh, you for listening. And until we speak again, you know what to do. Stay pepped up. Stay pepped up. Pep, dip, dip. Dip, 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 dip. Stay pepped up. That's the new theme song for the end of the podcast. I'm going to sing that every week. (laughs) Just kidding. Just stay pepped up.